Hi friend, do you ever need to create marketing materials easily? Whether you need to make flyers or artwork for your blog, your podcast, or any number of different things, check out Canva. Go to findyourflow.com forward slash Canva. That's C-A-N-V-A. I've been using the free version of Canva for many, many years, and I recently upgraded to the pro version, and it's awesome. So go to findyourflow.com forward slash Canva to learn more. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I'm your host, Winston Wittes, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is titled, Are You House Rich and Cash Poor? Are You House Rich and Cash Poor? What does that mean? Well... This is uh, calling out a specific group of people, right? We might call this a segment in marketing. We might call it a niche. We might call it whatever. But the the idea is this is, um, and, and you may or may not be in this particular group of people, but you can still maybe learn something interesting and or cool. Hopefully, that is the plan. So being house rich and cash poor, what does that mean? That means that you have houses, maybe they're even producing cash flow for you, and yet you do not have the liquidity to do something else that you may want to do. Maybe you want to invest more, maybe you want to take that vacation to the Bahamas, whatever it is, because of the all your money and liquidity being tied up in houses, you're unable to do that. You don't have the, the cash or the liquidity to be able to do something that you want, right? That's kind of the idea. So who falls into this category? Well, generally investors, landlords, people that have real estate portfolios that um, that they've built up, maybe they've inherited. Um, there's a number of ways. Yeah, those are pretty much the only <laughs> two big ways uh, that you've you know purchased, leveraged uh, money of your own or of the bank's or of private money or hard money lenders. And so that's kind of what we're talking about today is how do you get to be in that position and then how do you get out of that type of position? And what does it all mean? Why is it? Why can it be good? How can it help us if we're talking about cash flow and getting into financial freedom? That's a, a big thing I guess I don't really haven't really talked a whole, whole lot about on this podcast as of yet, but that is definitely one of the underlying themes, and it is something very important and near and dear to my heart, and that I want to be able to help grow that part of Find Your Flow, and um, also of the services and resources that I provide through Finder Flow to you and if you're interested and or the people you know that may be interested. So a couple thoughts around that. So um, if for those of you new to the show, just to give you a quick background, I am a, uh, my day job is I'm a, an internet marketing consultant and I teach people to build their presence online, their website, their social media, and uh, position themselves as experts and authorities. So that is what I do for a living. And uh, we specialize in doing that for real estate investors. That is our niche and our focus. And so I get to work with a lot of real estate investors day in and day out, hundreds a month, literally. 
and um or at least a hundred a month I would say. And so um it's really exciting. It's fun, I love it. I love internet marketing and I love real estate. And so it's a beautiful combination of two things that I love. So when somebody is in a position of maybe they've they've built up their portfolio over the years and now they have these houses and maybe they want to they want to upgrade um some of their houses into maybe a multi-unit or um they just want to pull cash out right how do you go about doing that well it depends it depends on the circumstance in a you know in some circumstances if it's a rental property then there's what's called the 1031 exchange and the 1031 exchange is a is a strategy to be able to exchange like for like and delay the tax payments that would be owed. So if you sold an investment property, you would have to pay taxes on it, right? That's, it would be, um, and I'm not a tax professional. This is not tax advice. Always consult your tax professional for tax advice. There's different kind of taxes, right? There's income tax for earned income. There's income tax on passive income. And there's taxes, you know, state taxes, city taxes, federal taxes, taxes, taxes everywhere, taxes for you, taxes for you. Um, but not for the 1031 tax deferred investor. What? How does that person not do it? Well, there's definitely rules that you have to know. So you want to work with a professional that knows how to do this. And there's timelines. So it's a little bit of a, you know, it's a, it takes some skill to make these things happen, right? You got to find and identify a property that is that it qualifies for this 1031 exchange and you have to be able to do it within the time frame and then be able to sell yours and get the new one and you can then delay the taxes that you would otherwise have to pay so this is a really neat strategy for investors to be able to use and one of the big values of investing in real estate is the fact that you can really get a lot of tax benefits if you know what you're doing. There's ways to leverage the system legally that can give you great tax incentives. And that's one of the big benefits of investing in real estate. And whether it is your primary residence, the home that you live in, or whether it is an investment property, one that you have rented out, there are different kind of tax advantages. So I'm not gonna get too heavy into that side of it, um, what I kind of wanted to talk about is getting into how do people get into the situation where they're cash rich or uh, house rich and cash poor? Well, um, again, I kind of glossed over it at the beginning, but let's take a, a deeper look at, you know, those of us who are not that far along yet. We maybe want to have passive income. We maybe want to build a real estate investment portfolio. How do we go about doing that? Well, there's all sorts of different ways, right? And if you stay awake late at night and you watch any infomercial, there's a good chance that one of them is going to talk to you about getting rich in real estate and using other people's money. And it's a miracle. And, and these things, do they really work? The short answer is they can. 
there's plenty of people who do it and make it happen. And these systems really can work. Of course, they vary depending on whose system or program you're buying. And yet, there are plenty of people that would say they don't work. Why? Because those people get in, they start, and then they just realize like, hey, there's a lot of work involved. And then they stop. They quit. Or they get burnt out. They never get far along enough to see success with it. And so then they assume that the, the something wrong with the program, something wrong with the systems. And that's generally not the case. Most of the time the systems work, the processes work, you just got to work them. And the discrepancy is in how long that's going to take and how much work it's going to take to make them work. That's where most people fail. Most people have no real perspective on how long it's going to take and how hard they're going to have to work. And once they start to get a sense of that, they very quickly realize they're not really up for it. And this is not to put anybody down. This is just my own personal and professional opinion. Why is this my professional opinion? Because I see it all the time. I see, and I did an episode, uh, I think I did two episodes actually, about um, how to be an entrepreneur. And if you listen to those episodes, you may realize that, and of course, it's going to depend where you are on your journey, right? And if that's something that appeals to you or not, and if you're going after it, if you are going after it, then, you know, I, I put kind of a lot of warnings, not warnings, but just uh, I talk a lot about how much work it really is and that most people just really have no concept of how hard it is to be an entrepreneur. And I happened to read a, a quote yesterday as I was scrolling through social media that was a quote by Richard Branson, Sir Richard Branson, and he was saying, um, unless you are taking risk, unless you're willing to take a risk, you're not an entrepreneur. And so he was, and that's something that I believe also, and that's kind of what I was getting to in those previous episodes is if you're not putting yourself out there ahead of the, the curve in a sense, ahead of the market and testing things and using your money um, to to make these, you know, these are educated risks. We're not just gambling here, Right. But there's a level of risk that somebody, nobody else has done it, and that's why you're ahead of the curve. That's why you're an entrepreneur. You come before the, everybody else has jumped into the bandwagon, right? And um, with real estate investing, there's, you know, there's probably niches that pop up that are new where you can be an entrepreneur, and you know, if you're starting your own business, um, that's entrepreneurial. But again, um, we as so okay. Getting back to the point, getting to where one is house rich requires certain amounts of hustle for the most part and um, know-how. Because even if you inherit property, which happens, you know, to people, keeping it is another thing. It's not always so easy. If you if you inherit a house and it's empty then how are you going to cover that mortgage if it's not paid off? You're going to have to manage it or hire a property manager to find a renter and to make sure that the, the house is up to rental standards. You know, people aren't going to rent it if it's a junky, broken down house. So you may have to invest money to upgrade the house or to update the house. 
and then you know what pay attention and you got to do some marketing get a renter in there you got to manage the renter so there's work involved right and maybe you maybe you outsource it maybe you inherited it and it's already rented out that's a possibility and so in which case it might be a lot easier to hang on to it but even then there may be temptation or you know just circumstance that says hey we need money and this thing this house is worth money and uh, we need to liquidate it right you may be in that position where your house rich you got this house worth you know x number of dollars but you can't access it because it's sitting there in this uh, as equity so maybe you refinance it or get out a home equity line of credit what's called a HELOC home equity line of credit right and so maybe you pull that money out and you buy junk so in uh, you know 2000 uh, in the early 2000s leading up to the bubble real estate bubble and burst people's home values were going up and so all of a sudden people who owned a home or a couple homes were seeing their net worth go up and up and up and they started saying hey this is cool let's pull some of this money out like do a refinance or um, pull out a home equity line of credit and we can you know some people just bought uh, doodads or things that are liabilities, new cars, new boats, new junk that will not appreciate in value and that will actually depreciate in value and be worth less, in which case they just pulled money out to take on to buy junk. And, um, and you know, obviously they cared about it or maybe they didn't. But and then there's people who pulled that money out and bought more real estate. They used it as down payments to tie up more real estate and build their portfolio. Right. And these people, um, some of them were uh, active investors using it to flip houses and make money on as the market was going up. And then other people who were using it to do more buy and holds. Okay, so some of these people getting more and more properties, more and more leveraged. We had these things called um, <laughs> liar's loans or uh, arms, five-year arms, which is a variable interest rate type mortgage and that adjusts after five years. So the first five years, you could do, even do interest-only loan payments, meaning you're just paying on the interest. Meanwhile, the principal is getting pushed back into the loan itself, and the, these were very crazy loans, and they were handing them out like hotcakes uh, back in the day. And basically it means, you know, I'm sure for some of you this is like totally old news, but for some of us, let's just, you know, refresh this kind of stuff. And so an interest-only loan meant that somebody could buy a house, and sometimes they could even do it on stated income, meaning they're just saying like, hey, this is how much I make. And nobody was verifying this. And they'd be like, okay, cool, here's your loan. Uh, you know, you can buy this house, and uh, you pay only on the interest for the first five years. After that, we're going to go to an adjustable rate mortgage. And, um, you know, uh, you've been acquiring, accumulating interest for these first five years, making your interest even bigger. And then when the loan resets, they would have these crazy monthly payments that they could n never afford, right? And so then what happens? And they would, well, uh, the plan for most of these people was, hey, my house will appreciate in a few years uh, before, and I'll just turn around and sell it, and I'll make a, a bunch of money. And people were doing that, and it was working, and it was awesome. And then they'd do it again and again, and they were making more and more money. And then they'd buy, you know, several houses at a time and do this. And the market kept going up, and we're all getting rich, and it's amazing, and it's great. And then we get to the top of the bubble, and then the bubble bursts, and these people lose it all. Some of these people 
maybe even you went through some real hard times when the market corrected and the bubble burst. And, uh, you know, I personally know people that lost, quote unquote, everything. And, um, you know, it wasn't a pretty sight. It wasn't, it wasn't easy for them. And so that's, that is what it is. That's the market, right? It could shift and it could catch you. It could catch you unprepared if you're, if you're doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. And so it's not foolproof. It's not, you know, there, there is not without risk with this stuff, right? So you got to really be aware of what you're getting yourself into. And uh, during that particular time, it was really easy for people who are not sophisticated investors to make money, which gave them maybe false hopes that they could just keep on doing it and keep making money. And some, you know, got lucky and some did, and then others not so much. So point being that there's, um, there's services, you know, I work with folks who can help people who have houses that they want to get rid of or need to get rid of quickly. If you or someone you know is in a position where you need to sell or they need to sell their house quickly, um, you know, get cash for it, get out from under, you know, um, the weight of the mortgage, that's something I can help you with. I have uh, investors across the country, literally all across the country that have money that they can use to purchase homes to help people out in these situations. So that's, um, I think that's one of the big things I want to be able to share with you today is if uh, you or someone you know is in pre foreclosure or going through tough times and, you know, no judgment. We've, I've been there. I had to, we had to liquidate one of our assets when we were in a distressed situation. So it's not easy. It's not fun. It's actually horrible. And so dealing with somebody who understands and can be compassionate can really be make a big difference. And that's what I would like to be able to offer you and to the people that you might know that might be able to use the service. So if you do know somebody or even yourself and you'd like more information about that, please send me an email, info at findyourflow.com. Info at findyourflow.com. Send me an email, let me know, and I'll be happy to help in any way I can. And uh, if you're doing great and you have a great portfolio and you're looking to grow it, or maybe you're a new investor and you're looking to start building, I'm also willing to uh, talk to you. I, I want to help you too. So, um, you know, reach out, send me an email, coaching, or sorry, <laughs> uh, info at findyourflow.com and uh, put, you know, investing in the subject line so I know what you're looking for and can start sending you some information and so that's it and I'm going to um, big exciting boot camp in about a month where I'm going to be learning a whole lot about commercial real estate multi-unit real estate that's really what I'm getting excited about these days is in some of these bigger opportunities to be able to structure some bigger deals and do some cool things that way to be able to build our own portfolio and to be able to help more people start to build their portfolios that's something I'm pretty passionate about so um, and that's it, friend, and uh, hopefully you got something out of today's episode. Feel free to share it, please. I appreciate that, and feel free to send me people who um, you think I might be able to help or who might be able to help me. If, you know, if you're in the industry and you are an investor or an agent, a broker, um, somebody who works in the real estate industry, feel free to send me a, a note, info at finderflow.com and or um, on social media, uh, facebook.com forward slash findyourflow, 
and we can go from there. So take care, friend. Keep crushing it. And until next time, be flowing. Well, thanks for listening, friend. By the way, do you have a story that you would like to share with other flowers? Maybe you'd like to put it in a book. Well, go to findyourflow.com forward slash author club and learn how you can publish your own book or become a published author in the Find Your Flow book series. Simply go to findyourflow.com forward slash author club, all one word, and be sure to join the free Facebook group while you're at it. Thanks, friend. And until next time, be flowing.